Say yes to me 
us all dance I'll put my red dress on again And if you fight, I'll fight It doesn't matter now, it's all gone I've got my mind on you I'm your host, Nicolai Sinclair, and today with us we have Susan. Welcome, Susan. Hey, Nikolai. Happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so me and you have, you know, we're neighbors. We have talked so much about some life and everything. Like, um, So let's mm-hmm. talk about relationships, you know? Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> it's a big R. It's a big R. So throughout your life, you know, mm. um, when did you first feel like you were in love with Jack McGinnis he was my first boyfriend how did you know he was from the projects in Brighton real bad boy Ooh. lots to love there mm-hmm. parents hated him how'd you meet him he used to stand outside my house and I'll tell you that in a sec but he used to stand outside my house and scream Susan Susie I love you but how, how did you meet him because my parents wouldn't let me see him um, in high school, they had a program in Boston called Force Busing, mm-hmm. and um, he was one of the kids that was bussed out of the projects in Brighton to a very white bread, rich, fancy town, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just blacks, it was, or African Americans, I should say, mm-hmm. it wasn't just that, it was some um, poor kids that didn't, he was from a single parent, his father had been in jail, you know, real bad boy, but he was so cute. And I was in ninth grade, and I was madly in love with this guy. Oh. Yeah, and we went out for like four years. No, yeah, about four years. Senior year in high school, we broke up because he ended up going to prison. Oh, no. Yes, he did, and he calls me from prison to this day. But how did you know you loved him? Well, it's like something in your heart just goes pitter-patter, pitter-patter whenever you see them. It's like a physical feeling. And then he was great looking, so there was that physical feeling. And then everybody loved Jack. Like, I got instantly popular because I landed Jack McGinnis, Mm -hmm. the bad boy. And it was just very exciting. And I just feel awake and excited and safe every time I was with him. He was like my home. I've always had boyfriends as my home, I think, because I never felt comfortable in my own home. Mm-hmm. Do you, okay. That's a lot, sorry. No, 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 you're fine. 
Um, yeah, so how did you feel that you love Brad? Or do we call him Brad on the podcast? Or do we call him Mr. We call him Brad. We can call him any, <laughs> any, any way. Poor Jack. I, he'll, he'll I honestly, so I, I, I can say, you know, when it comes to falling in love with someone, I think, you know, as humans, we, we cling to certain things that we're attracted to. You know, like, let's say, if you know, Brad, maybe I was attracted to his mysterious persona. His, mm. um, you know, his, um, just... His bad boy, you know, attitude. Um, I, you know, when it comes for me as far as love wise, I am attracted to people that are not good for me. <laughs> me too. I attract. I'm attracted to people that that typically don't, um, you know, sometimes have my best interest. I can't say. Brad, Why do you think that is? Do you know or like where that came from? Yes, I honestly think it stems. I, I okay. So there's this person. Um, she's a public speaker. You know, and uh, um, healer. Her name is Teal Swan. She says that, you know, when it comes to love, you know, you your definition of love is is it's created from your when you're a kid. And Sigmund Freud says the same thing. He says, you know, a person's ideal of love is is developed by the age of three. Mm-hmm. Now Teal Swan says that basically mm-hmm. if your home was chaotic and your family was chaotic, because that's your home, you associate home with love. So when you are in love with someone, if it's not chaotic, it's not love. So you're attracted to someone that's that's chaotic, that's bad for you. I, growing up, my childhood was a little chaotic. So I think when it comes to my love, you know, my definition of love, I'm attracted to someone that that gives chaos. That's, you know, I'm attracted to like, you know, like my father, I could say, you know, growing up, he was, um, he was, you know, there but distant. So I'm attracted to some people, the guys that are distant. They're distant. Because that's, that's, that's that, that was in my tough. home, that was in my home life. So my definition in my head you know, I of love is distance. So it's distance. Yes, and so and you, you almost um you can't get them. You can't have them. Yes, it's like and honestly, it's, it stems. You know, and you have to learn how to create, recreate your definitions because if you don't, you'll end up spending a life of 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 recreating your home life over and over and over and over and over and over. And Amen. Honestly, when it, you to know, that. But when it comes to when I really had to reevaluate myself with Brad or any, you know, when I. I can say most most everyone I've dated. I can say, I'd say probably there was one person that that I did date that seemed like they had good interest for me, but I pushed the person away. <laughs> like this person, I'll never forget. I was dating someone, and the person I was dating with, they broke my TV, and they were really bad on drugs. I dated this person for three years. Oh wow! They broke my TV. I kicked them out so the I was calling the cops. And then this guy I went on a date with, my ex, he said, hey, open your door. I said, okay. He brought me a, a brand new TV. And wow. he's like, he's like, here's a new TV. He said, I'm sorry, your, your, your current boyfriend broke your TV. And I said, thank you. And he just showed up at a random night with a brand new TV. But I didn't like him. He was See, too nice. He was too nice. <laughs> I, I like the other guy. Exactly. And so I ended up getting back with him, the other guy. Oh, and, no. Uh, yeah. The other guy ended up hating you. <laughs> and the other guy didn't appreciate me. He broke my TV. He was really violent. I know I was probably, you know, Jeez. a violent person, I'm sure, too. And, I, you know, I think, you know. You were? Um, you know, I think. Well, I guess they make you crazy enough that you'll swing. I, I think. You know, when I say violent, I, I guess I mean, you know, I was, you know, emotionally disturbed as a person, you know, being in a traumatic, you know, relationship like that. Yeah. So I There's think... There's no way to come out looking good when you're in a relationship like that. There's yes, just no way. Yes, and honestly... You look bad to your friends, your family, 
it's horrible slippery slope to go down and yet I don't think I've ever gone out with a healthy I've repeated that pattern up until yes a couple months ago yes we'll be right back after the short commercial in November when we went to Wild Cracks in Pensacola told me something funny I can't remember now and I wanted you to always stay around and you wore this blue sweatshirt you left in my house we fixed my shelf and your blue eyes, they just glistened As you told me you never felt home And so I needed to know So I asked your friend if you'll be with me He said no I like Brendan I like awfully funny and of course he's awfully cute I like Brandon but he's straight So we were talking about relationships, talking about healing through trauma, you know, emotional trauma, stemming back from your childhood experiences. Now, did you have any trauma growing up as a child? Yeah, the trauma, first trauma was my mother and her addiction to alcohol and then pills in 1961 when I was born. She had depression and they prescribed 
amphetamines, which is what they did in the 60s. But how does that relate to your trauma? Like, was she mean she to you? She was a nut. She was a wreck. Until I was 15 when she finally... And then booze came into the picture. And the combination, my mother was just out of her mind. And my parents would scream and yell and fight. My father would get us up in the middle of the night and say, Get up, girls. Everyone get up. Watch your mother. Because she'd be beating him up and he didn't want to get in trouble. Or I don't know what he was doing. And then I, so then I had to go live with my Aunt Jane, my mother's sister. And these are all very, very educated smart people so, so it was so confusing so so let's relate that back to your current life in love yeah so let's so your your childhood you're saying that you there was a lot of alcoholism you know yeah does that happen in your in your current or in your recent most recent relationships was that a, a... i'm usually the alcoholic okay going out with an enabler i would say a neighbor. yeah i've never gone out with that Except my ex-husband, I got him, he and I, I talked him into going to AA, or he followed me mm -hmm. when I got sober. Yeah. And um, he stayed sober, and I didn't, but he's um, been sober for 40 years or something like that, but he's an abuser, so. But do, do you ever find yourself recreating the same pattern throughout your whole life? Like there's yes. There's his favorite author, my, his name is Wayne Dyer, he's one of my favorite. I love, he died this year. Couple, he died a couple, years, couple years, ago. years ago, Wayne Dyer. He, he had this book. Um, Wonderful man. He, he said, um, what do you say? You'll see it when you believe it. Um, he's wow. A, he's a Hay House author. He's one of my favorite authors. But he would talk about, you know. The, one of the, excuse me, the first book was, um, I'm okay, you're okay. He said that? That's, a, well, anyways, we he, can get back to he that. He wrote that book? Yeah, and it was, a, I took a class with him. Wayne The died. actual guy. Are you with sure? my aunt Jane. Was he, was he? It's he, I'm okay, you're okay. He's from Michigan? Shout out to the audience. He's from Michigan. Dwayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer. Are you sure? I thought it was Dwayne. No, his name was Wayne Dyer. It's Wayne Dyer. He wrote "I'm Okay, You're Okay," and yeah, he taught classes. He taught like class. adult classes. He taught classes. Well, the, I was I, like in ninth grade when I saw him. Are you sure he's mm. from Michigan? Yeah, I know exactly who he is. He's on TV. He was on TV a lot. I read a lot of his books. Like, it's called Transactional Analysis. Wayne Dyer, are you sure? I used to study all of his stuff to is get your, well. Is your Wayne Dyer? Maybe it wasn't Wayne Dyer. <laughs> <laughs> Audience, who wrote I'm Okay, You're Okay? I'm not sure, but Wayne Dyer was... Um, I know who Wayne Dyer is, though. Him? He wrote... Remember the one where... Is this the same guy? I'm just wondering. Yeah, sure. I know him. Okay, yeah. so, so okay. He, he, he wrote... He's very famous. Very famous guy. Um, let me see. So go ahead. So yeah. you... So he, he turned out to one, him. One of the thing, books that he wrote, or one of the speeches he gave, I remember it. One of it said, um, talk about the, one of the store, his students, she, she wrote this poem, and one of the poems that she wrote was, um, day one, I, um, I'm down this road, I don't know how, I, I'm, I'm down this road, I'm in the hole, I don't know how I got there, um, I'm still in the hole, I'm stuck. Wow. Day two of her life, she's stuck in the hole. And basically, anyway. And this is the book? Yeah, well, this is... No, this, you this, won't believe it till it happens to you? No, 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 this is one of his speeches that he gave. Anyway, he was... The, one of the one of the, main, the meaning of, this, of what he was saying is, was that in our lives, sometimes we, we repeat the same patterns over and over and over and over and over. Sometimes it's 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, 30 years, mm -hmm. whatever. We recreate, recreate the same patterns expecting different results. Which is, they say, is... The yeah. And honestly, when you're able to see that, you're really able to move down a different a different road. 
And you're shocked, really. Yes. And so <laughs> one of the people in the, that wrote the poem that he was reading, um, that was that was what she was writing. She was she would um, she was re, she was repeating these these patterns that are really you know dangerous to to yourself. For what reason? And I think that's what I have been doing as far as relationship wise, which is why I'm I'm single and I'm happy to be single right now. Um, well, they say that you know in general we're always trying to fix the original pain the original problem like you you're saying the same thing mm -hmm. just in a little different way and how do you get out of that is well you have to recreate it to fix it because we think we can fix it like it's like this longing to fix the past almost mm -hmm. to fix do, do you know what i'm trying to say almost saying yeah do you agree with that that we're repeating it because we're on this quest not knowingly, but subconsciously, to fix the original problem. I th like, I, I wanted to fix my mother, my father. I think that, you know, whenever we live our lives, we want to heal ourselves. And sometimes we do things in an unhealthy way, which might be consuming drugs yeah. or whatever, because we want to feel, we want to feel good. We want to be happy. Everyone wants to be happy. And sometimes we, the only way we can find that is through, through other means through dating, serial dating, you serial know. dating, and love, uh, love addiction, and I think that's probably what I have. It's a love addiction, but well, I, they have I, meetings I, for that too. By the way, sex anonymous. It doesn't mean sex. It's just love and sex anonymous. People that are addicted to love. Mm -hmm. I, I think <laughs> meetings for everything. I mean, that's that's, that's really great. Isn't that funny? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I, I, I'll I, go with you. I got it all. <laughs> you name it, I got that meeting down. You know, I I, I qualify. I just, I think that, you know, we, we want to mm. make ourselves feel better. We and just want to make ourselves feel better. That makes sense. And I think that, complicated. you know, doing things alone is sometimes hard, you know, because you, you want to feel, you don't want to be rejected for, for trying to heal yourself. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we might be doing on drugs and our partner might leave us or we might, you know, be doing something and our kids might leave us. And we, this is, that's the time when you really need people to be there for you and, it's so I people leave you and you're like why'd you leave and then they're just they're, when I needed you but they're leaving you because they don't feel comfortable because of their they don't like being around it but then they don't understand that you're That's that a, you need I have help for major it major abandonment issues because of this kind of behavior from people yes but I can I can first abandon when I was little I was a bit you know and that's a theme I've created throughout my life too is picking people that will abandon me you didn't abandon me we, yeah when I was in the three-year relationship with the, with the drug addict um years ago I kept telling him, I kept wanting him to leave. He didn't want to go. He kept saying, I can't leave. I just can't. I said, well, I don't want to be around you. Are you trying to kill yourself around me? I think that's what I asked oh, him. Wow. And he, he said, he said, no, he just felt comfortable with me. But I felt so uncomfortable. I, 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 oh, I, I, I witnessed him having, having multiple seizures, overdosing. I had to call the cops. Even with my previous relationship with Brad, Brad had a seizure twice. Okay. So I never told you that. But no, he, you Brad, did not. Brad, Brad had two seizures. I didn't know the reason why, but I didn't know he had a he had a drug addiction either until You're just after putting the puzzle together. Almost. Yeah. yeah. So honestly, with me personally, I don't want to be in a relationship like that. Me I don't know why I attract. Do you um, want to raise kids in a relationship like that? No, I don't. Uh. I don't want to be around. Honestly that personally as far as relationship wise because I know personally that's a trigger for myself because of um past trauma that I've dealt with in my yeah. family. What is your past trauma would you say? Just um, exactly let me think on that. All right. But we'll be right back after the short commercial right. break. And we're back. Let's see your nails. Did um, you do something different? 
Okay, so my nails were back. Okay, so like I had a, I had a client, and we were doing we were doing this oh, ornament yeah. project, and I accidentally got I got um marker in my nails. That's why they're oh, this never did yeah. come off. I didn't mean to get no no, no maybe it, it'll come off with acetone, but I did, I actually didn't mean to. I get, think it looks beautiful. It actually looks like it's supposed to be like that. Oh, before. I think it's but pretty. I didn't mean blue. to I didn't mean it to get this color actually. She's got black polka dots on the end of her nail <laughs> on the blue. tip, and then. Painted them sky blue, because, very light sky blue. Because of the, yeah, I didn't mean for that to happen. Let's go back to let's go back to you. If you could change anything about your life, what would it be? I'd be tall. No, I mean, I mean, okay, <laughs> you'd be tall. I mean, I'd be tall like you, Nick. You'd be tall. Which, I mean, yeah. would that be the only thing you change? You'd... I'd be so vain if I was tall. <laughs> I would be obnoxious. So a, a genie comes to you. No. Um, change about my life. Yes. My kids would never grow up and be with me forever. They'd never leave me and my mother wouldn't have died. Mm-hmm. She'd still be with us today. Well, you can still celebrate your mom, I believe. You know, so, the, so that can, you know. Well, I could celebrate her by staying sober, that's for sure. It would be good for her legacy, but <clears throat> it's a difficult feat. Relapsing is like a different thing than you know, if you stay sober for a long period of time and you sort of throw that sobriety away, it's really hard to get it back. I, I had a, <clears throat> I had a, my friend, Barrett, he died last year. Oh, man. We did, we did a podcast about rehab and he told me, he said, you know, whenever a person's a drug addict, I didn't know he was, a, I didn't know he was actually dealing with it in the moment, but he told me whenever a person is a drug addict, he said, you know, they'll get whatever they want, how any way they, they need it. And I said, are you, I said, I said, I didn't know he had, was actually re- relapsing at the time. He was doing a podcast. That's true. So he actually, yeah. he actually died a few, a few, a few oh, months later. He didn't know he died from, um. Heroin? Oh, from, fentanyl. Yes. Um, but. Yeah, he, there's been a lot of. He bad. said, a, he said a drug addict will get whatever they, they want, you know, whenever they need it. And they will, they will lie and they will do whatever they want, you know, to get whatever they want. Your supply. And he said, I know, we talked about rehab. He said that men are more likely to, to die um, out, out of going to rehab. Um, he went to rehab and then he died. So That's very common. Do you know why? So, why? Did he tell you why? No. Because when you go back out, you know, you get out of rehab, they start using again. If you start using again, you've been clean for maybe 30, 60, 120 days, however long the program is, and they use the same amount. It's too much. That's what he said. Cleaned out. That's what he said. Yeah, and that's, bam. That's what he he he, he they said. Don't even he, know they're gone. That's what he said. He he said when you use the that's same. That's what happens. That's what he said. Exactly. That's nothing. Because while you're getting sober and clean, your disease is doing pumping push-ups. Oh, well, I wonder why it's the same amount would kill it's you. It's determined to see you dead. Do you, it's it's really an evil force. Yeah, because it makes sense physiologically, doesn't it? Like, if I quit drinking. Well, I did. This happened to me. I quit drinking, and like on the twelfth year, I went camping. Oh, I get it. I get it. And I relapsed. Well, two beers got me smashed. Cause you okay? I get yeah, it. Yeah, it would take like at least a six pack. I get it. So I, you build up a tolerance. Tolerant. Like, I get it. Like roaches build up a tolerance. Yeah. I, I no, I that that makes sense. Do yeah. you, Do you think that? <clears throat> do you think that you um? Do you think that you're recovered now? No. You don't. No, you can never recover. It's a, just a daily reprieve. A how, daily reprieve. What do you think? And is, I haven't really been trying. You know, as you know, I had been drinking off and on. 
you know, maybe I'll go a day and then have a couple of cocktails. But I'm, I've kind of over the years done so much rehab and reading and Al-Anon and AA meetings that I've learned how to drink right. Do you know what I mean? Like do, do the system. Yeah. It's almost made me be able to trick the disease into thinking that, oh, see, I'm not an alcoholic. I can drink two and I'm fine. I don't want any more. Mm-hmm. But eventually it up to you, catches up to you. And there will be that one jackpot day where it can't be two and you do a 12 pack or you do a bottle of wine and the next thing you know, you could be buying the wheel of a car, you could be hurting family members with drunk texts and, you know, it's a real, it's not an attractive disease. Yeah. They do call it a disease in the, what's that book you told me about? Mm. The psychological... Well, the American Journal of Medicine, it's deemed a disease. The DSM-5? Yeah. Well, you know... But a lot of people don't Where do, that. Where do you think it originated that? Because it's spiritual, mental, and physical. Where do you think it originated that? Um, Indians were the no, no. first people I know that addiction. we won the war. Yeah, no, I mean like... Oh, disease. So, like, addiction... Like, would cancer come from type of thing? No, with addiction, I want I wanted to know like, what's what what why do you why do you oh think, me personally yeah why do you think you were you could say you were addicted. I just think that um, it was gradual too. You know, if you don't drink, you're not going to be an addict. So there is that component. You know, if you never pick up, but chances are that if you have two parents that are alcoholic, and you pick up and you start using alcohol, particularly at a young age, everyone should wait till they're at least eighteen. But I was like 15. So the younger you start drinking, the bigger your chances for being an alcoholic. Well, if you have money, what I'm saying, if a person has money and alcohol is not illegal, right. there's, there's equal access to it. I don't see how it would be like addic- being addicted to grass because, because it's re- readily available everywhere. Why I don't I don't understand how a person could be addicted to, to alcohol. You really know it right away too. The first time I drank, I could feel that I was it was doing something for me that it wasn't doing for other people. Were you upset the first time you drank? No, I loved it. No, I was home. I'm saying, were you upset and then you start drinking? What was the reason why you started drinking? Oh, we were partying. The Kids in the woods, you know. That's what you did. Oh, over, okay. You know, in the park. So you had just had a And fun... I always hung around with older kids. I could get it. So you had a fun memory and they oh, used to drink. Oh, we had a blast. That's, so that's, it was, it reminds it you. It was fun. So it reminds you of good old, good times. Good old days, yeah. So that's the, is that why you drink? No, it's. Boredom is a million, myriad of reasons. Boredom. It's like an easy fix, you know, for boredom, loneliness, anger, despair, for every emotion. I feel like it's it makes, sort of an emotional disease. It makes me numb. That's, yeah, I don't like the numb feeling thing. I like, I like the numb feeling, though, but I'm, you, not, you like I'm, not, the, I'm not addicted to it because it just isn't, isn't do, I, I don't, it doesn't do anything No, you're for not me. an alcoholic, though. Because it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, see, and that's why I think it's a disease because I think I was born with it way before I picked up a drink. Do you think it's something that's it's just it's, waiting? It's genetic. It's genetic. We'll be right back.
gets triggered just like schizophrenia everyone has the gene for schizophrenia yes but it doesn't it remains what? dormant inside of us unless an event triggers it triggers it which is you know, well you'll see a lot of that schizophrenia with the Vietnam is, is, war and is more it's such so you're, you're saying that the genes for everything exists but things trigger it and sometimes that's a good way to put it do you think so what do you think triggered? Think what do you think? What do you think triggered it though for you? For drinking. Yeah. What do you think triggered triggered drinking? Just drinking. There was nothing. Were you upset? I don't think if you have alcoholism in your family, it's a good idea, in your bloodline, to drink at all. Well, like the Native American Indian, is allergic to alcohol. My mom was a, was an alcoholic, but I I don't I don't really like drinking. Yeah. So why don't you? Why didn't it trigger a gene in you? That's a good question, because. My sister doesn't have it. She has something else though. And that was she got, um, she became anorexic, mm -hmm. which is now since 
my brother is a recovering alcoholic and he has made over 40 years of sobriety. My father had 30 or 40 years of sobriety. My mother had five years, but then cancer took her. And my sister doesn't have the, the gene. I mean, she has the gene, but she has, she's not an alcoholic drinker. Yeah. But she's a control person with the anorexia. She can, she's a controller. So, I mean, every, nobody gets out free. There's no way you're gonna leave this planet without something that God wants you to work on to make you a better person, the best you can be. What do you, th- how do you think you can do that for yourself? Like, addiction, what do you think would Never sol- give up. No, what do you think would solve it? Going to meetings for me solves it. Do you it. honestly think that it's would that solve it? It's that simple. I have to hear the message all, it, you know, in, keep it in my head, because I have like this instant forgetter. I had, I had this lady, I was, um, one time I called the um, suicide hotline for prevention. Oh, don't you? Know. I was, um, I did. <laughs> I, I, I was depressed. Oh. And, and honestly, it wasn't for suicide. It was because I like to talk to people sometimes. And I didn't have, yeah, a, counsel- I I I didn't have a counselor. And she said, one of the lady, the things she's, the lady told me, is she said, she said, Nick, one, one thing that could help you out is this. You create the problem in yourself, so you got to fix it yourself. Any problem that you create, you can fix. And I thought, I, like that. I thought, you know, that's, placing a lot of self-blame on myself I said but that's a good answer so anything that you anything that you do that causes you to be upset you did it so you should be able to unfix it the thing about addiction is that we are powerless over addiction I think it's a belief we're powerless over addiction to the extent that a lot of battles in life you fight what if what if you tell getting over alcohol and drugs is a surrender it's yes it's saying I can't do this. It's it's like this. I am allergic to you. What if you tell it's anything you think in your head is a thought. It's about humility. What's a belief? A belief? I don't know. What do you think it is? A belief is a thought you keep thinking. Oh, I love that. Why do you believe that you know These are things I learned through the twelve step program. Really? Yeah. Why do you believe your thoughts And Alcoholics Anonymous, which else We're not aligned with any sect denomination. We are not affiliated with any politics or outside causes, so I can't really talk about AA on the show. But that's fun. I do go there. But like, let's let's say they teach you. What, well, let's say someone says they're alcoholic. What if you say I am a recovering recovering alcoholic? I am a recovering recovering alcoholic. I don't know why I'm having trouble. <laughs> it's joking. a tongue twister. Yeah. What if I keep saying that? That's a different belief. That's what you say at meetings, and maybe that helps. You know, maybe the belief system is that powerful. Yes. See, I believe in a power greater than myself. Yes. You believe. Yes. You believe. I believe. So, I so believe in a power greater than myself. Do you think that could... That could so I pray and I beg the universe to help me a day at a time. Stay I, away from drug and drink. I told you. Remember that told you told, the, the, the time I told you I was addicted to Benadryl? Yes. Which is really a serious addiction in a way. It's silly. I mean, it's not silly. It's, it's not it's silly. It's interesting. But it's... It was it's, an. A- it's probably scary. It was an accident. So I was um, whenever I was addicted to it, it was an accident. Yes, I was. I was sick. I, was, I had a cold, and I felt so awful. And then yeah. I, um, my boyfriend, I told him, I said, "Hey, you know, can you, can you get me to go to the store, get me some something to take?" He went to the store and got me this Benadryl. Now this Benadryl I've was never heard of such a thing. was off the cold. brand. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I was sick. I had a cold. He got me some Benadryl. The this, That's allergy medicine. I just. Never mind, go ahead. He got me the Benadryl. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like thinking, why did he get me Benadryl? Because Benadryl was for allergies. But he got me the, the Benadryl. I ended up taking one. And I took, then I took, he said, he said, take two. I took two. <laughs> take two. Spoken like a true addict. I slept so good. So then I needed yeah. to take two the next night. I slept so good. The next night, the third night, I didn't um, sleep so good. And so I felt like I needed to think more. Exactly. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm addicted to Benadryl. And so I, I needed something to sleep. And so I could, that, the, th- the third night, the, the two days, I, I couldn't sleep at all. So then I was like, I need to take, I need to take more, I guess. Yeah. But then I was like, I don't know if I should be taking more. But I was like, my body was so, just needed more. And so I, right. I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, you know, Nick, we gonna, we, we're gonna, not going to do this. <laughs> and I said, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be addicted to it. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I, I'm not. Right. But I couldn't sleep. So then I, I spent... The, I, Sleeping is I spent really hard. T- 24 hours awake. Oh, I've done that. In Days. my bed. And I hated it. I woke up so og- so groggy. I was, and then I ended up just taking one the next day. I could, I was just, my body was laying there. I was, my mind was awake, but my body was laying there. I felt like I wasn't sleeping. And then I wasn't wow. sleeping. I don't even mean that feeling. For, I didn't sleep for about a week. And I looked at myself in the mirror. And I said, you know what? We're getting through this. I looked at myself in the mirror. I said, I've been with you throughout my whole life. <laughs> I We're going to get through this. We are not going down this path ever. And so I said, you know, well, I'm going to take a melatonin, substitute that, take half a melatonin, take half a Benadryl. I did okay. that. Then I tapered, I said, I'm going to taper off the, um, I'm going to taper off the, um, the Benadryl. Slowly, 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 by a little bit, and then do melatonin more. And, and did you get addicted to melatonin? Nope, but I was able to actually Thank get off goodness. both. And I think, honestly, I'm not sure if that's how fully all no, addictions it's a, work. it's a very good but formula. I think you gotta just, you gotta just that's tell yourself. That's what your, they do with, um pills you gotta just tell yourself you can do it and i'm not saying that's okay. it's gonna work for every addiction but you gotta i know i don't want that i don't want to have to spend my ex smoked camel crush a pack of camel crush silvers i know this is okay. I, I everyone loves those crush you filter cigarettes you pop them in it i don't want to spend i don't want to spend all my money on that i don't want to spend well, you know how you feel about money let's face it you love it yeah, I don't want to spend my my all, I don't love all my money, money as much as I love my addictions. <laughs> yeah, I I just don't want to spend all my money on on stuff. I don't want to. I don't. Smart. It's like air. Air is free. Why should you spend money on something that you know, that's, that you need? You know, cigarettes are. I don't know. I just. I would if I. It wasn't though. I guess in my life, the only thing I've ever been into, I guess, like seriously, seriously, I'd say it would probably be love. I've been addicted. Love is very common amongst if you don't have the pills or the pills or the drugs or whatever. It, it, then the other thing could be love, like this, yeah. and that's codependency. I think that's a addiction itself as well. Yeah, that's what you're struggling with now. It just might get probably unnoticed. That's really interesting because I probably have that too. Now that you've meant, you know, now that I've watched you, your process, of your breakup process, and I pretty much it's like we go through withdrawal. Withdrawals, yeah. You know, like a physical withdrawal, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that is very true. We'll be right back.
And we're back. Wow, we have talked about so much. And, um, mm. you know, we got to tie everything together. But, wow. You know, yeah, it's, it's a real great dialogue that we all should be having on a daily basis because it's so prevalent. And we don't have to hide anymore. Addiction is, it seems like a, a big epidemic in, in, um, in people's daily lives. But it's like, honestly... I feel like, you know, life, getting through life, you know, can seem like a struggle. It's just about having a good support system. I have luckily have been, you yeah. know, been blessed to have really good family and good support system of my mom and, you know, my family and siblings like that. And my dad, I've had a good, a good support system. Yes. But having a good support system is great to help you on track because you can always depend on them if you're ever going through something. And I think some people, they, they cling on to drugs because, or to alcohol because there's, it's, it's, it's reliable. It's there. It's yeah, convenient it's, it, yeah, it's and reliable. it can never hurt you. Alcohol can't hurt you. I mean, it can hurt you, but it can't, it's not going to change. And you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just consistency. And I think having the consistency, cause people are fickle. People mm-hmm. will say they love you and then they'll leave. Yeah, but alcohol, the way the uh, way alcohol tastes, it's the same. It gives you the same feeling. It helps you forget or you know whatever. It's it's reliable too, and I think that's why people might cling on to like drugs or alcoholism. But I think or love and sex. Uh, of course, but I think finding a way to like bridge that gap in a way that doesn't hurt you is healthy. And I think, I think you know, you know, to join that it would be could be the cure for addiction but you know um currently you know there's no cure for addiction it's just their therapy yeah well some people even say that they're grateful for their addiction because it led them to the discoveries that they have about themselves that have helped them grow into the people they want to become and it's also introduced you to so many other incredible people that are in recovery and working at this on a daily basis because I believe it's genetic and it's in the family. And yeah, I think everybody has at least one alcoholic in the family. Probably. Somewhere in the family line. Probably. I, um, I do you think you ever find love? I mean, my mother back in the 61, you could not say you were a housewife and you were a drunk. You could not say that. We had to hide it. But So now it's refreshing. It's good that we can have a dialogue, that we can talk about it. We can um, seek help. And not end up in jail or an institution or death. There is an alternative, and that's but we need to stay connected to each other. It's always the answer to pretty much to everything. Is anything really in life is to reach out and ask some for ask for help. Do you think you ever find love? I think I found it in all different places and in all different ways. And I just take it for granted because I'm looking for that one romantic love that you see in the movies. My, my, um, one of my favorite, you know, speakers, Abraham Hicks. Oh, I don't she's, know her. She's very good. Um, she was in the movie The Secret, but they removed her. But, um, removed her? They removed her because of the, um, it's, it's a, a problem with, um, you know, um, companies and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah. one of the messages that she says is that, you know, basically everything you want exists in thought form first, then it manifests physically. So if you want love, her solution would say would be this. If you want love, you have to feel love. You know, look at the butterflies. Be appreciative of that. Feel the feeling that you would expect. And when you do so, what, what you expect will manifest. 
but a lot of times we, we're looking at what's it is you know Wayne Dyer has the book I just mentioned earlier you'll see it when you believe it you have to see without with your physical eyes but with your spiritual eyes and when you look through your spiritual eyes and you keep hoping and have that hope it's like having faith if you keep hoping and keep seeing and have that knowing then whatever you're knowing is going to manifest it's just all about you know doing that and taking it that's why I said, that's why I said you know like your mom, you know, I think you said she, you said she, she passed, you missed her. You got to always, I mean, you could, you could still cherish her daily, you know. It's sure it might take some more work to, to like, to, to like, you know, keep that memory alive. But, you know, that's important. That's just as important as, as going to see someone physically. If you want to have a good relationship with your kids, you got, you got to just, you know, appreciate them. Like, put a picture up and pretend like you're talking to them daily. I know it sounds crazy. I need to put some pictures yes. up of my family. Put, put, put a picture up, pretend like you're talking to them. White walls. Maybe put a picture up when you're eating dinner and pretend mm-hmm. like they're there with you while you're, or you're eating dinner and then maybe they'll manifest, you know, eat dinner with you and then, you know, you'll be like, oh my gosh, this does work. It's called Manifesting Law of Attraction. Yeah, I read it. that book, The Secret. Yes. It just and takes... I also believe, though, and I don't know if this is exact, the same premise, but that what you want you give you give out so if i want to be loved then i have to give love which will attract love which is the law of attraction like whatever i want if i give to somebody else it'll come back for me but I, it doesn't seem to be working i, I never i just get taken advantage of the basically. law of attraction i read was that well that's because expectancy yeah, you, it's, and I've been accused of that by my children that it, I'm expecting something in return so they don't want to take anything from me. Well, it's kind of like this. If you shop at a Dollar General expecting to buy a Louis Vuitton, you're going to keep shopping there and never finding it. Oh, I, I think that. it's okay. like this. You know what? I, like my friend, you know, I would tell her this this metaphor. It's like, you gotta, you have a, there's a knowing, right? You, you, you know, everyone knows you can't like if you Dollar Journal never sells for Louis Vuitton, you know have, <laughs> ha, have they have they they, nope. they they never. But if you, I guess I'm gonna have to stop going to the dollar store. You can't keep expecting the same results when and, you know the truth. Yeah, because that's the definition of insanity. Yes, say. it would be yeah. it would be like me 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 shopping there daily. Me shopping for years. I'm saying. Um, it's like you, you have to yes. find where you can get it. No, you, you, yeah, you. I don't know though. You know there is a knowing. You know where they sell Louis Vuitton. The going to Dollar Tree. I would Tree. have to go to Macy's. Yes, going to, but it's, it's a metaphor. And I wouldn't have the money though, so that would be a it's, problem. It's, it's a metaphor, you know. It is a metaphor. It's so, a great. Can you buy love? No. No. But you have to know it exists. Knowing that exists, loving yourself will attract. Well, oh, okay. The I world, the world mirrors you. So, so, oh. so, so basically. Whatever you're wanting, you gotta mirror it in yourself, and it'll come back to you. Giving away your, giving away, helping actually only takes away from you. So, I love that. So, 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 you you gotta know, mirroring yourself, feeling beautiful in yourself will give that back to you. But giving away as far as m- money, it just takes more from you. Actually, it's like kind of like God's like saying no because. You're giving it away anyway, so let's just give more of it away. It it really it really does. It's like literally so like the best way to um to manifest love is to love yourself and it will come back to you because you're loving yourself. You're putting that out there. It's it's like having the cheat codes to life. 
If, if you knew cheat cheat codes, cheat, the oh, cheat, cheat sheets, the cheat sheets, yes. Are you meant cheat codes? No, 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 the cheat cheat codes. Cheat, if if cheat you sheets. knew that, if you knew that you were going to win a million dollars, you'd be happier, you know. Or if if you, if you cared about money, you'd be happier. But if you didn't know you were going to win a million dollars, you wouldn't. You would you would be very tight with your money. You wouldn't really, you know. But if you did know, if you if it's like if you knew that that that. It would help you, you know, if you knew that you're pretty, you felt pretty, and you knew that you were going to meet someone amazing, then that that's a different. It was guaranteed. It's, 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 it's a different energy because the, then the world shifts around that belief. But that, I used to believe yes. that. The older I get, but that's because it seems to slip away. That's because you're choosing to do that, and you're getting those results, and you're like, well, why is it happening? It's because you're 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 creating that. But if you knew that if I feel pretty and I feel beautiful and I care that, that that thought in my head and that energy around with me when i go mm-hmm. then whatever then the, the scenario was set up because that's what you created you and god created that scenario but like well is that like a diva mentality no it's not a diva mentality i, want to be it's, it's, diva. It's, 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 I mean i guess it could be but it's, it's, a, it's a knowing mentality you know you gotta know. know what you what you want and i think sometimes it's easier to, to just to get distracted and just to just be okay with my sister's like that and she gets everything she wants Amazing things. I think. I think. But she's emotionally has the emotional intelligence of like a fifteen-year-old child. She's very fragile. Sometimes people live on autoplane mode. You know. I think. Yeah. I think she's just so everything is fine. Living on autoplane mode just gets you, gets you different. Gets you sometimes not what you want. You just get like whatever, you know. But if she's you, fine if you, all the time. Yeah. I mean, I love her to death, but it's hard. It's hard to be around people that don't have to self reflect in order to live their lives. Well, that's because you're no, no, no. That's because you're looking, looking from from without. You don't know what's happening within. And I think I don't know. It's, it, honestly, it's like this. I so we talk every morning. Well, I know we're going a little bit over time. It's like okay. it's, it's like this. So you know, Abraham Hicks would say this. You know, mm-hmm. so let's say you're having a happy, happy, happy day. Okay. You're you're happy, happy, happy. I think of my wedding um, day. You meet someone happy, it goes well. Let's say you're having a really bad day. You're you're vibrating really low. Let's say your happiness is at a a, a, oh, a, a number. Really low. Yes, and then you meet someone that's super happy. They're gonna annoy you. You're not gonna be around. Want to be around them, you know? Because you're 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 right here, and they're right here. And it's really hard. Yes, and this is this is what happens when you meet someone and, you, and you're happy. You're happy, happy. You're happy right here. You meet them here. Try to help them. What happens every time? They bring it out. Time. Every time. That's why in that song they say the hero the, fails. You can't be a hero. You can't be a because hero. Because happiness is, comes from within. I've always wanted to be a hero. Happiness comes from within. But every time you, you're happy right here, you just it's like you. when you're happy here, your ex shows up. <laughs> and it's crazy. And what do you do? You help. And what do you? where do you go? And you, you blame them, and you blame them because shit or you, people. you go down, and what do you do? You blame them always because you blame them for you vibrating low, but it's really not. It's you chose to go down with them, and that's the reason. There is no way to help anyone, and that's, the, that's honestly the truth. But oh, well, I learned a lot today. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you for joining my, my podcast. I really appreciate talking to you, and um, I'll, um, stay tuned for some more music. Thank you. <laughs>